This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Kid, do you like professional wrestling? Even after this week, yes, we like professional wrestling too. This is Shake Them Ropes. I am Jeff Hawkins. He is Chris Novembrino. Yeah, we got through it, kids. Another Mania weekend with a lot of great stuff. And then Monday happened. <laughs> uh, yeah. And Sunday happened. And as Sunday well. happened. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll, yeah, we can go through that in a bit. Um, yeah. Uh, I have I have nothing to break the ice with right now, Chris. Should we just get into it, or do you have something to break the ice with here? I don't have anything to break right, the cool. ice with here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> fallout from this weekend already starting. Nash Carter, a.k.a. Zachary Wentz, uh, one half of MSK, your former now NXT World Tag Team Champions, fired. Um. <laughs> Bad week for him. Uh, his his wife, soon to be ex wife Kimberly, posting photos or uh, posting tweets alleging abuse. But he was not fired for those allegations. No, he was fired because he was dumb when he was shaving. Decided to shave a Hitler mustache and give the uh, Sig Heil. And of course, you know that's always funny to take a photo of for laughs later and then post on the internet. So that came to light. And he was summarily fired. Let me just ask this for clarification. Was this posted on the internet prior or was Kimberly posting it on the internet the first time it had been posted? To that is internet? a very good question that I cannot answer, Chris. Okay. Because that makes a bit of a difference to me only because given the age of this guy, because Zachary Wentz is like, what, like 22 or 23? Oh, oh I think he's sneaky older than you is think. He sneaky, is, he, will, is he sneaky older than I think? I will check for you while you explain. Okay, so, like, I was assuming these guys were, like, young, like, in their early 20s? And if they're in their early 20s, this is, like, one of these bad ideas that you shouldn't text to your girlfriend, um... But like whatever y'all's rapport is, I mean, look, we have all had significant others. We all have had questionable. Right. How old is one? He is twenty-seven. Twenty-seven. And I don't know how long ago that picture was taken. It might have been. I mean, Twitter's been around since two thousand seven. Okay. Uh, again, if he had posted on the internet himself, ugh. Like, I'm not nah. sure about that. Yeah. I yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. I can't debate if he posted on the internet himself, but nah, I mean, in the context of a relationship, I just feel kind of icky. Cause I like, I guess what I'm saying is if he and her had been texting back and forth that, you know, doing whatever, I mean, I'm sure there are other pictures. I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm sure there are other pictures that this, these two have texted to each other that they wouldn't want out on the internet either. So like, I don't know, man. I, I, I guess it's not dispositive to me about like his worldview. I, I think it's more yeah. just like a crappy joke that he made while shaving. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking too. And then it's like, well, we can't have this kind of thing here. <laughs> and here we'll have Gunther and <laughs> Ludwig I, I, Right. I, I guess that's like the other thing is this is happening at the same time as we are rolling out Gunther and Ludwig Kaiser, a more explicitly Germanified version of Imperium than we have heretofore had. And in an effort to get to that point, we got rid of Fabian Eichner. And I think, depending on how Eichner is redebuted, it might well explain why they removed Eichner for the act. Uh, it, I would suspect specifically to make it even more German. So, like, I, I, it seems like WWE is really speaking out of both sides of their mouth here this week. Uh, I am going to just based on conversations I've had with a couple different people, I am just going to assume that the uh, Fabian Eichner thing was possibly a cosmetic thing of all things. Interesting. Um, Interesting. Or, or, or just, Hey, we want, we want this guy. We need one guy to protect him. Look, they don't like tag teams there, but uh uh, you know, I'm I'm not. Let's not let's not over speculate. It was just well, something. Kind uh, well, of said real in quickly passing. to get back to Wentz here. Um, I I mean, I think what he should have been dismissed for are the abuse allegations and that sort of stuff. It, it seems like those seem to be more weighty and more uh, substantive. Yeah, uh, I I find those complicated too in some ways, uh, and it's not for me to expound I, on that yeah um, and i don't know enough to and I don't, yeah exactly it, yeah. but it's but it's like one of those things where it's like and now wesley is kind of he's kind of in a in a state because the rest he, he's in what i like to call the slapjack zone well <laughs> i wouldn't go that far yet because he was definitely the the more charismatic half of msk but remember when they were hired, they didn't bring the third member of the rascals along with them. That they didn't they didn't want the third member um, who's still in impact wrestling. And so now you have this guy. I thought maybe a Wesley Fabian Eichner tag team would be pretty awesome, to be honest with you. But I think they're gonna go the road with either eventually cutting him or just going solo with him. I, I don't know which because I, I could see them doing either. I think he's gonna get cut. <laughs> They have guys like that already. That's that's yep. the only reason I I, I think that yep. at times. Like it's like, do do we need another quote unquote ricochet type of guy? And and that's how they that's how they would view him. Let me put it that way. Um, but you know, we'll we'll see. It's uh the NXT tag titles will be put up uh on Tuesday. I assume it'll probably be the Creed brothers, and it'll probably be pretty deadly fighting for those. Interesting. I actually could see Pretty Deadly winning these tag team titles. I could too. The whole and thing being about the Creed Brothers chasing Pretty Deadly. Yeah, and I think the Creed Brothers eventually get turned babyface. So I mean, that's yeah, crazy. they're on the edge, anyways. Yeah. Uh, the only other really newsy type thing before we get into ice cold takes on Mania Weekend and and all that uh, all that occurred. Tony Khan decided to break Twitter today. Uh, with this tweet, an independent study has confirmed that much of the staunch anti-AEW online community aren't real individuals. It's a staff running thousands of accounts, plus an army of bots to signal boost them. Look closely. These aren't real people who pay for such a quote-unquote wild, or actually that's not quotes, those are uh, bolded, wildly expensive thing. 
Chris, I, I don't, I don't it's deny. It's that first sentence, Jeff. It's that first sentence. Reread that first sentence. An independent study has confirmed that much of the staunch anti-AEW online community aren't real individuals. It's a staff running thousands of accounts plus an army of bots to signal boost them. Much of the online community, which is to say nearly a majority. Like when you say much, it implies at least 30 to 40% of the online community is fake. 30 to 40% in minimum of the opposition to your product and your whatever is just completely drummed up and fake. That's absurd. I, I read this and my immediate thought was this is the opposite side of the WWE coin where they tout the number of social engagement with tweets as some sort of growth mechanism for their company. This is the opposite. This is saying that, oh, these bots are hurting us online type of thing, and they're not real. So don't listen to them. Watch AEW this week. And you're like, dude, what do you care what the online community thinks of you? Really? It's, it's such a small percentage of the vast wrestling audience, which is itself a small percentage of people who watch television. This Am I wrong? Is... I think they're more relevant to AEW than than WWE and that keeping the cool factor in the wrestling online community is important for AEW's continued success. Like if they ever became quote unquote uncool, I think that would be the death knell for them. Okay, but is this borderline booking for the internet type of thing? Where I mean, we, I think he's companies... definitely caught in a bit of a feedback loop, right? I do like, too. Yeah, and I... And, and I think, frankly, this independent study and this need to tweet this out and say all of this online, like it'd be one thing to do the independent study and have this as your own internal information, but Khan felt the need to get online and say that they did an independent study. Note that he didn't share the independent study. But it's like, still going, so he hasn't been so he's not gonna reveal the source of it just yet. Sure. Okay. Well, great. Looking forward to the results of all of that. <laughs> but I hate science, Chris. No, I love it. I, I adore science, especially when it's done for such productive reasons, yeah. like figuring out why everyone on the internet hates you. Who are these negative people <laughs> talking about my professional yeah. wrestling product? That's one of the finer usages of scientists <laughs> that I can think of, Jeff. You know, the anti-Jaguars fan base is nothing but a bunch of patriot bots out there talking about my terrible football team. Get me some of the finest scientists in the country to get to the <laughs> bottom of this one. I'm having a job fair at MIT. Hey, see these Reddit posts over here? <laughs> Why don't you find out which 12-year-old is talking crap about my TNT <laughs> champion? They're very angry <laughs> on this subreddit called Reddit with the W, not, not, not with the R, the W. You have to put the W before the R. Jeez. Well, I just... I think the other problem I just this is lunacy to talk about right now is listening to, to, to the first few people who got this news talk about it. It's like, well, you know, social media did have, you know, we know in politics that it can have an effect on things. <laughs> just, are we really going to do this right now? Are we really going to talk about bots who amplify negative opinions about AEW? You know what? It would not I, I, shock it, me if WWE had a bot farm somewhere that was oh, doing this. I'm sure. I but I'm sure that 
they've had a bot farm to push social media stuff for years yes. but like it's at a low level and I guess what I would need to see is that it's at like a greatly higher volume than it has been in years past. And that's the thing that I would really question. I, I don't even question that they're doing it, but I don't think it's more than at any time in AEW's history. And I don't even know that it's actually particularly more than prior to AEW. Uh, this is a company that's always been trying to goose social media numbers, and they would do that by purchasing <laughs> like bot followers and stuff. No, it's, it's Vince on his egg account. <laughs> it's like WWE fan 567243. <laughs> I'm, I'm picturing McMahon running like a Russian style bot farm where he makes it all like the wrestlers and staff like moonlight and just like shit posts on Twitter overnight. He's, he's like Baldwin and Glenn Gary Glenn Ross just comes in and goes, we got some contests for you for the amount of first prize is a WrestleMania hat. Just like our volunteers at the store we didn't pay. Second prize is a t-shirt. Third prize is you're fired. I'm going to need all salaried employees to log 10 hours on Reddit <laughs> and on Twitter over the weekend here. Salary, damn it. <laughs> salary. No overtime for you. <laughs> what those bots going? I just, I'm... <laughs> look, I get it. I mean, look, you're, you're trying to protect your company. That There's nothing wrong with that, but but this feels... This feels like complaining about balls and strikes somewhat. Well, it's, I mean, it's super thin. It, it, again, it's that first sentence where it's much as in like, don't even worry about any of the online criticism of our product because most of it's all fake, which I, I mean, in a weird way, like th this is kind of a way back reference, but like, you remember uh, the deplorables comment from like many years ago. And like, like the big problem to that with that one is like, when uh, Hillary Clinton said that, it sort of made everyone think that they were in the deplorables column, even though she said like half of, of like the voters in, in that group were in the deplorables thing. It sort of like blanketed the entire group. And that's sort of like what Tony Khan's doing here. When you say like, well, you know, a lot of people out there are bots. It makes everyone go, oh, so you're trying to say I'm a bot. Yeah. Um, and, and, and now what you're seeing on Twitter is people making the, hey, I'm not a bot joke. Yeah. Like, like yeah. to wit, I mean, I've been seeing it all night on my feed. Yeah. <laughs> there are smart jokes to be had. These aren't any of them. That's that's the thing with me. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, we'll see what I don't. What are you going to do about it? That's the other thing. It's like, uh, oh, I know what I was going to say. Look, we, we know that WWE leaks things like Fast Nationals to Forbes contributors with blue check marks to get it out there. And then that, that gets retweeted hundreds and hundreds of times sure. out there. We know that WWE's playing hardball here with social this media. This is a business. We're running world. a business here. Like, like yeah. they're running it, like it, they're not friends yeah they are competitors in a business space and it's not illegal to have a twitter botnet that, that i'm aware of is it no uh, no, no it, like, like I, I mean just like it's not illegal to have a, a a comedian running your social media account like arby's or wendy's used to right that, that was fun 
Um, I like it, it. It may not be cool to have a botnet or whatever. It, questionable, all these things, but it's not illegal currently. And I, I, I just don't see the point of Tony Khan needing to tweet this out other than to basically harangue the entirety of the online community as like, well, you guys who hate us are fake. Yeah. It's just, it's yeah, it, it, I mean, if you're doing an independent study, but you're not going to share the study, keep the whole thing to yourself. Yeah, no, I, I, I would agree there. Um, that's going to do for the news for the week. Now we're getting into lazy river territory. Uh, I have done about five hours of audio this week already. If you want to hear me break down each night of WrestleMania, I did that over at Fightful. If you want to hear me break down Dynamite into its bare essence, I do that on the Dynamite show over at Fight Game Media. But uh, yeah, we'll go over with some ice cold takes from, from the weekend. And I will start with the greatest thing that happened this weekend. It was a dream come true. It was something I had been looking forward to. It's something I've, I've said on this show that I, I desperately wanted. That Briscoe's FTR match. Woo. Woo. That had everything I wanted in a wrestling match, Chris. And that was even before the bell, I think. It had heat. It had a hot crowd. It had two teams that were acting like they hated each other. And then we get into the match, and this match was beautiful. It was rough. It was violent. It was bloody. It was all sorts of things. They didn't, they didn't bail out on the match to, quote-unquote, do some sort of weird angle within there, which, I mean, it was just, I don't necessarily have a top five matches at my disposal, but if I did, this is top three at least this is everything I want in tag team wrestling. And this is why tag team wrestling for me is an art form unto itself. Yeah. I, I mean, I, all the superlatives that you added on there, I, I completely concur with, uh, this was a really good match, dude. You, you told me to watch this and I actually took the extra time here today to watch it. And I think the, the spot where like, there were two spots that really stuck out for me. Uh, was it the suplex into the table, like the slingshot yeah. into the bottom of the table. And then when Mark Briscoe did the corkscrew plancha to the outside, <laughs> that was so fun. Uh, it, it's just like this match managed to hit so many different gears, it, but too. in a way, yeah, like, like just doing different things at different levels of intensity and, FTR just always being mindful about telling a coherent story. Nothing ever like nothing ever gets too jam bandy. Yeah. And, and for me, what I love, even though they, they repeated it on Wednesday with the bucks, I loved the Briscoes taking the big rig and, and almost getting the pin there. I bought in to that. I bought into the Briscoes winning this match possibly, which makes the match all that much better. But yeah, I mean, and just cause I just brought it up then look, that match on Wednesday with the Young Bucks was pretty damn great, too, for different reasons. Uh, for me, one of the big reasons is that FTR has eased into the babyface role a lot easier than I thought they would when it looked a bit rough last week against the Gun Club. 
this week they were they were doing a kind of a house style match where there was a lot of pausing and playing to the crowd and i think that helped ftr quite a bit but the bucks match was great don't get me wrong the briscoe but it's like compare it's like comparing wagyu beef to filet mignon that that's that's the levels here that i'm going with i'm not shading the bucks match but the briscoe's match was on an exponential other level than this than this bucks match but the bucks match was great in its own right it was a lot of fun i thought too um it looked it looked like both teams were gelling um and yeah i mean just a great week overall for my favorite tag team fdr yeah i i for me the key ingredient in both these is just ftr they they are this team that knows how to get the best out of the teams that they are working with uh, in the Young Bucks match, I thought that Dax had a real nice hot tag moment. Yes. And his punches and his suplexes, the clotheslines, like he's really sort of gaining the, getting the, the art of the hot tag, which I thought was going to be more Cassius thing. Um, so it's interesting to see Dax being that role. Uh, and, and if they both can be that role, then I think it really serves well for them as a babyface team um dax like has pretty impressive tempo uptick when he does the hot tag thing he he gets a lot of moves off in a pretty fast succession yeah that and the uh and the fist chop uh alternation yes that he does during his hot tag really really helps bring the crowd into it that not only is he doing moves but he's being violent as well yeah, no. Um, I, I just, uh, I, I, I was very impressed by the way FTR uh, ha- handled themselves this whole weekend. Uh, oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, you. Go, what were you gonna say? I was gonna, I was gonna transition to something else, but, but go ahead. I want to. Oh, I mean, we're lazy rivering, right? Yeah. Okay, so I, I was gonna, I'm gonna go with Wheeler Yuta here. Um, since we All got right. to see the uh, fruition of the Wheeler Yuta storyline, now that he is officially part of the Blackpool Combat Club. Uh, I liked the Moxley match here. Yuta still, I think, needs some work on the promo. He's, I, I can't quite put my finger on who he does a promo like, but it is stiff and it needs some work. Oh, but, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you a lot of names. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, but, but, but it's one of those things where let's give credit where due. I think this was the best promo I've ever seen of him. Okay. Um, I, I, I think I liked the, I don't want to be. I think I like the one with Trent the the week okay. or earlier in the week more, but that's yeah. that's perfectly acceptable. He is like every, and and I'll go from my fandom versus a more recent fandom. But in the eighties, all these guys who just they were vanilla baby faces. They were relatively young. Half the time, their dads were in the business, so they're coming in. So you watch any of these guys like Dustin Rhodes when he first came in, Sam Houston. Brad Armstrong, Tim Horner. That's who he promos likes. He promos like a guy who's, how do I put this? Uh, he hasn't been beaten up by life just yet. <laughs> he doesn't have a lot of cynicism in him. It's, 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 it's a very, when he's angry, it's kind of like, oh, look, it's so cute. He's getting mad right now type of thing, as opposed to believing he has real rage in him. I, I can't quote from my face. I'm like racking my brain as to who the, who he sounds like. But yeah, I, I just think that he needs some work there. But 
He's now with Regal, Moxley, and Danielson, and hopefully that'll give him a bit of a personality injection here over the next uh, weeks and months. Uh, so I thought this is a good, good week for Yuta. The crowd's behind Yuta. Crowd's uh, definitely behind Yuta. No, no, and that that's the most important part, right? Yeah, I liked I liked that he started this match angry. I think that really helped the tone there, like just the just the dive and then and then the fighting, the walk and brawl into the crowd. I thought I thought that that really helped establish the tone of the match where Moxley's on his heels and okay, we're going to don't get me wrong. I think this match was a little bit overpraised going into it. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where uh, readers of the wrestling observer were writing in today. Oh, you got to see this match. I, I think it was a very good match. Don't get me wrong, but it was um, very good. It was very good. But yeah, I, I, I think, uh, Man, I, it's just weird though. You have three guys who can really promo in this group already. I don't know how much mic time he's going to get to be able to improve. Like, if this were a territory, you'd bring all four guys out. Every guy gets thirty seconds to say what they're going to say, and they get out of there. In AEW, most of your promos are interrupted halfway through, anyways, or they're well, not. They that go long. ten minutes, like the Regal promo, or like every Jericho promo. I guess you could do that. I guess you could do the in the ring thing, but in the ring promos are far harder than the tape promos backstage because it's a different way of controlling your audience. You know what I'm saying? When, when you're mm-hmm. just, when you're just looking in the camera and doing a, a promo on your own and you're, and you're basically talking directly to your opponent, which are how these promos should be, to be honest, that that's much different than, the in-ring promo is death to me for so many groups. It's like, it's like you, you watch Drew McIntyre, for example. Kind of, some people say that you're just like, what the, what are you talking about? Well, his promos are death because like I, a lot of those WWE ones, they, they are so heavily scripted that they don't have the ability to actually work the crowd. Like, and or there are crowd beats scripted into the promos that if the crowd doesn't go along with the wrestlers are left floundering because (laughs) they start saying that in the middle of the promo yeah yeah uh but there was that one with ronda and uh charlotte where the crowd didn't do anything and they were just like you know staring tonight's promo is just like what are we doing with ronda it looked like ronda blanked halfway through her promo and then finally got back on track, but it's just like she she has no energy in her promo. It's like you just woke somebody up. Yeah, I'm going to have Charlotte. I want to break her arm. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> just, they just dropped the swear word to give it some life in there. It's so it's so wrong. Uh, my lazy river, I'm going to continue this way. I'm going in order of the week. Okay, okay. So, Saturday morning, NXT stand and deliver. Not a bad show. Not a bad show at all. Nothing spectacular per se, but nothing. The only really terrible thing here was the Dakota Kai Raquel Gonzalez versus toxic attraction match. No, no, it it was a fine watch. It's just like basically everything was negated from the show within like days. That too. But, but in terms of the show itself, I mean, the matches... Like the, the three-way tag was a lot of fun. I thought I re- look, I, that's one of the reasons I'm kind of upset by this Nash car thing. Cause I think MSK is the perfect compliment to the Creed brothers 
and Imperium within the within this dynamic. They are the quick, flashy, uh, small guy team that can beat up these two bruisers and these other bruisers. Which, which but they, but which, they still have plans of breaking up. I mean, the problem is they still have plans of breaking up Imperium. Um, yeah. Nash Carter being gone. Okay, MSK would still be tag champions. They'd sort of been overplayed as tag champions. I think they were going to need to be turned heel or something, anyways. Um, and that would have made some sense with the Creed brothers kind of slowly being baby faced by the crowd, but also by like the way that they're being presented on screen here. And then you still have the issue of Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai. Uh, losing the tag titles again to toxic attraction on Wednesday. <laughs> again, they can't last an entire NXT show without losing the tag team titles. Just ridiculous. I, 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 I just think that the biggest show of the year, like WrestleMania weekend, the biggest show of the year, there should be some stakes and some finality and some like substance to the victories yeah. on that show. And to have like the Braun Breaker thing, not really mean anything. Uh, like Ziggler, what he won on Takeover, and then Breaker beat him on Raw. Like, just have all these matches not really mean anything is silly to me. In some ways, yeah. I, I thought the ladder match, good matches, was a, was a nice car wreck. Uh, Grayson Waller's insane. That that bump he took off the top of the ladder toward, because he wanted want to go social or whatever it was. He, <laughs> or he no he wanted to go viral that's 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 the what, what happened to his arm i don't know i haven't been able to get an official word on it it's in a sling right now but i don't i haven't heard if it's broken or not i i but, mean it, but, it was so reckless to oh, have the arms yes. just exposed like that I, I, whether or not that was staged or not it, it, it's so easy to hook your arm through one of those I thought, I thought at first it was his knee that had hit the ladder and gone through. And I thought, it, but, but then you, you watched him on the ground and you saw the arm and I, it looked a lot like Ray Phoenix's arm when he went through that table. I thought yeah. he had, I thought he had broken the arm and I just, for me, that spot was stupid though, Chris, there was no point to it. There was no point to it. And there's no positivity in having Waller do, I get that it's part of the character. But in terms of the safety of the individual, look, ladders are already weird to me in many ways. I mean, I climb a ladder every weekend to, to put up signage at this place I volunteer at. And, I'm, and I imagine myself jumping through one of these things that I go. Every weekend. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's at my church. You, uh, you, well, no, I'm just saying, like, you climb the ladder and you imagine yourself jumping from the I, ladder. I, well, I think about these things when I'm when I'm handling this ladder, and I'm like, sure. well, why would any person ever want to do that? And it seems to happen every week that I start thinking about these things, where it's like, how would I land on this thing? Would I be able to take that kind of punishment? You know, th those types of things. And I just, I watched this, and it was ridiculous. Uh, the Tommaso Ciampa story wrapped up pretty well the four way for the women's match was the only other one where I just kind of went, what are they doing here? <laughs> what was the point of this? What was the point of the entire Cora Jade storyline? If we're just going to pin her and have Mandy Rose win the match. <laughs> it was stupid to me. Am I the only one thinking that? N no, I, I mean, I don't, I've never really understood Mandy Rose as the NXT women's champion. Cause if you're going to do this with a woman 
who is sort of a veteran, you would want to do this with someone like Kaylee Ray, Io Shirai, someone who's like a very good wrestler who can carry younger developing wrestlers to good matches. And Mandy Rose is not that. Well, I think that's part of the point also. I think the part of the point was we're going to put this diva-like person in our quote-unquote wrestling thing for the for the crowd and that'll start to get the heat and then we can go from there because she's also a character yeah but you're sort of stuck in this no man's land of you have these young developing wrestlers because like nxt even though it's arguably not very good at being developmental anymore it still has the less developed talent on the roster uh that that is also the case and it is still a place where development occurs more so than the main roster. And Mandy Rose is not a good vehicle to develop other wrestlers. Um, I agree. And, and there aren't veteran babyface wrestlers to help develop her. Which, yeah, yeah like that's been the other issue. Is it's, I mean, it's, or, not, or it's there, not like she doesn't need work. Uh, right, right, right. Like, like Saray would actually be dope. For Mandy Rose to have like a sustaining feud with because Saray would make her better. Io Shirai would be dope for Mandy Rose to have a sustaining feud with because Io Shirai would make Mandy Rose better. Ditto with Kaylee Ray. Um, these are the type of people that a Mandy Rose should be having feuds with, not Cora Jade. So like the whole pairing was always strange to me. But if you're gonna do it, I mean, you got to put the belt on Cora Jade. But Tommaso Ciampa wrapped up that story with Tony D'Angelo. He's probably on his way to the main roster. I've heard some ideas for him. Um, <laughs> let's leave it at that. Uh, Gunter and LA Knight was what it was supposed to be. And then, oddly enough, Dolph Ziggler beats Braun Breaker at the NXT event and then drops the belt on Monday. Again, I view this more as a commentary of where NXT stands in the pecking order and, and the importance of the wrestlemania nxt show as compared to the raw after wrestlemania yeah and and i'm I'm also just viewing just with the people that they called up and things like that nxt still doesn't matter i mean it has a lot more it has a lot more it has a lot more uh quality control in terms of we're teaching you how to go up to the main roster but at the same time old man ain't watching the program so he doesn't care about it so it's like, here's my idea for you once you get here. Deal with it type of thing. But yes, a lot of this was undone during the week. Gigi Dolan and JC Jane are once again your tag team, women's tag team title holders. JC, oddly enough, everybody gave praise to Gigi Dolan as the, as the first half of when this team was combined. But JC Jane is really the one who can work in this team, in my opinion. It, it's, it's JC Jane's good. Yeah. She's sneaky good on this. Yeah, game. I like her. And then you know, heel turner turns and splits and all these other things galore. It's just, yeah, yeah. That and that was stand and deliver. Chris, it is your turn. All right. Uh, I guess let us now move on to. Do we want to do the Raw after WrestleMania? Well, this is a lazy river. I was going in order, but if you want to do the Raw after WrestleMania, that's fine. I can go uh, and uh, circle back. Are, are, are we are we on NXT then still, or like the? I post- am, I am on night one of WrestleMania in my night head. night night one of WrestleMania in your head. Okay, 
Fine. Night one of WrestleMania in your head. Um, <laughs> that, that was actually the, the name of it originally. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, it's like a smaller version <laughs> of in your house. It's in your head. Uh, zombie, zombie, zombie. <laughs> uh, look, uh, Logan Paul trying to turn this guy face seems like a disastrous project that's never going to work like as bad as ronda rousey as a baby face is going like trying to make logan paul sympathetic when he walked to the damn ring with a 5.2 million dollar pokemon card like even if the miz gives him a skull crushing finale he started off walking to the ring with a 5.2 million dollar pokemon card that he drew attention to because you have to if you're wearing a 5.2 million dollar pokemon card (laughs) but like that person whether they are given a skull crushing finale by the miss or not is a heel like a life heel like a permanent you can't ever be baby face type of person he's not a bad wrestler like like yeah he's he's all right i loved uh, him yeah yeah adored him i thought he was better than half the heels on this roster currently he knew where the hard cam was he had in-ring charisma and the hard (laughs) cam is not so easy it really isn't that's why they call it the hard cam (laughs) but yeah no logan paul's actually quite good he's just obviously a heel yeah i thought a lot of people were going oh mrs turning face no no it was part of his contract it turns out to come in that he'd be a baby face at some point. I'm like, who wants to cheer Logan Paul when he's so good? I mean, the Eddie, the Eddie Guerrero trolling was top notch stuff. Chris just, I mean, the, the little shimmy on top before he did an excellent you know, frog. All, all, all of this stuff is great. It's, just, it's so baffling to me that Logan Paul is so in his own bubble that he thinks that like the magic of pro wrestling can somehow get like crowds to cheer him when there are like two groups of people, people who know Logan Paul going into this and people who don't know Logan Paul going into this. If you know Logan Paul going into this, you don't like Logan Paul for any number of reasons, whether it's the Japanese suicide forest thing, the Pokemon card thing. I mean, you name it. Logan Paul has been doing stuff to make people not like him for a very, very long time. Or you don't know him all, at all, and he's been presented as a heel, and now you are starting to know things about him. And like, even if the Miz gives him a skull crushing finale, it's not like he did anything during the match to really reveal that he's like not a bad guy or something like that. It wasn't like the Miz was going too far, and Logan Paul was having a crisis of conscience. No, this made no sense. This Logan Paul absolutely- was having a blast the entire way down, and like he won the match. It's like the Miz was upset that Logan Paul was a better wrestler than he was. And, and a bigger heel. Like, if yeah. anything, the Miz was upset that he got out healed by a bigger heel. And so when one heel turns on another heel, it doesn't make one of them baby face. Or if it does, it makes the heel who turns on the other heel. Like, it makes the lesser heel the baby face. It's yeah. so strange. It, it's it's so miscast. Um, I root for his failure. I, I don't like Logan Paul. <laughs> like him personally but I, I i tweeted i think he's my favorite wrestler guys um i i watched him and i just i had so much fun watching him as a heel i'm like this is this is stuff that nobody in the actual company is doing to be entertaining they're doing they're doing the vince stuff but they're not there's no joy in them being heels 
when they're on TV. Well, like it's uh, only the outsiders who are confident enough to do the things that you need to do to actually get a, a an audience riled up. Yeah, you don't feel the sense of stakes that Vince is going to like berate you or yell at you or yeah. whatever. And so it's only the McAfee's and the Logan Pauls and the bad bunnies and stuff who who really have the rope to do this sort of stuff to connect with the audience. Everyone else has to operate within a very, very confined parameter at this point. Then after that, three of these four matches, I thought were very good. Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch. Despite Becky Lynch's overwroughtness when it comes to people kicking out of her moves, she has the Jeff Goldblum thing going all the time, just touching all parts of her face and looking pensive. But Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch was, was a pretty damn good match. I, for one, loved the Cody Rhodes debut. I thought it was, I thought it was well done. I thought they did it perfectly. I thought the crowd responded to him in the way that you'd want him to, to keep him from being stardust in three weeks. I thought the match was good too. I mean, it wasn't, uh, wasn't anything I'd write home about, but, but I, I still really, uh, Dave gave it four and a half stars. I wouldn't go that high. I thought it was four solid four, but I mean, I don't do star matches or star ratings either, but I thought Cody Rhodes looked damn good in this match. And in the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey junior rookie card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club Slab Pack, and, and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards and yeah you can open it and look it's going to be junk you're you, you know what i mean like you know what you're probably going to get in those maybe you find that fun and sometimes i do sometimes i like just opening up cards and saying oh, hey look at some random cards or whatever but if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs and it ends up being you know almost nothing you know nothing of value not with arena club you can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading, so you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net 
arenaclub.com slash VOWnet for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Got a few moves over that people are going to want to see over and over. And then the Stone Cold Steve Austin, Kevin Owens match. That thing was a blast. Yeah, and, it over-delivered. And- I, I, I have to eat my words on that. My my prediction was was woefully underselling what Austin still had to deliver. And I thought he did great here. Um, I really enjoyed this match. It was a very fun match. He took a suplex on the floor. Yeah. A guy with a bad neck like that. I, dude, that, that I was just expecting the talk show. I wasn't even expecting a match per se. I was expecting like all these Texas guys to come in and beat up Kevin Owens and end the match. That said, there was one match that I didn't like within those four, and that's Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey. I thought they outclevered themselves on this one with the ref bump and the spear on the ref, and then the big boot, and then pinning Ronda. I found the match dull. I know a lot of people liked it. I did not. I, I I just found it very almost repetitive. Although I will give Charlotte a lot of crap for taking that, uh, that arm arm top rope arm bar that looked like it could have yanked the arm out of her socket. with someone that Rhonda gave her. I was like, Oh my God, I hope she's okay. But other than that, I just, I found the match dull. Chris, what do you think of the Charlotte? Ronda match. No, I dull is the right word. Look, Charlotte needs new hills to climb, and it seems like she's been having the same four or five matches for the same for the last half decade. And these Ronda Charlotte matches for me have never been particularly good. This was just a long one. Yeah. And they had some high spots in it. Okay. Uh, but Rhonda sort of is what she is in the ring. And I find her character to be very boring. This is another celebrity who insists on being presented as a baby face, even though she's a natural heel. And I, I, I find her feuds and angles to be boring because we can't ever talk about her real story and why she's in wrestling in the first place, which yeah. is because she got bounced out of UFC so we can't, we have to live in this world without Holly Holm and this world without Amanda Nunez and this world. We're not in a world where Rhonda's trying to get her edge back or anything like that. Rhonda like has arrived in WWE and like, she's, I guess, supposed to still be this world beater in UFC. Um, yeah. It's and, almost and like it's, they're protecting her pre Holly Holm image. It's like right. she's the baddest woman on the planet. Well, you know, because they kind of did that for Tyson. Remember when Tyson yeah, he was the baddest man mm-hmm. on the planet, even mm-hmm. though he'd been mm-hmm. knocked out like four times by then. It, it's a very weird thing to have that much pride almost in, in terms of, in terms of, I don't want pro wrestling. It, it's almost like holding yourself above the job you're doing. And it almost comes through that way. It's almost like Rhonda's acting like she's too good for professional wrestling. Yeah, it's like she's kayfabing the business in, in yeah. a weird way. Yeah, where it's like my actual real life career isn't real in the pro wrestling world. But then, yeah, it, it makes everything that she does like, why is she doing anything? Like, why is she in WWE? What's the point of her being here? Is she trying yeah. to get the championship? Yeah, the only other two matches that are on there I thought were adequate. Drew, Drew and Happy Corbin was fine. And then, uh, 
unfortunately Rick Boogs' injury kind of uh kind of put a damper on that on the opener. But but the only yeah, thing yeah, that yeah. was and that's the only reason that match was down was because uh, of what happened to Boogs and uh uh Cody here's what I want to say about Cody Rhodes. Uh as I'm looking at this roster and thinking about Roman Reigns in night two, he sure seems like the only guy who can really feud with Roman Reigns and deliver a narratively satisfactory resolution to the Roman Reigns near 800-day title reign. They don't have under 30 talents, really. They have, like, Dominic Mysterio and uh, Austin Theory. I thought it was going to be Braun Breaker, and then they did that thing on Monday, and it's like, well, back to NXT with you, Braun. See you yeah. later. Yeah, like, no, what? I think it's going to be Cody Rhodes. Okay. I, man, I'm not there yet. Uh, here's what I'll say for Cody. I think it's very clever of him, the way he did that promo, to be able to lay so much groundwork around this character that, like, the whole thing's a quest for the title. Whether he's yeah. babyface or heel, it's a quest for the title. I think it sort of forces the issue narratively. The crowd knows where they want this character to go. Um, he's also, as I continue to look at the roster, like one of the only people I can really think of who can credibly be going for this, who's featured on this WrestleMania card. Um, it wouldn't make any sense to have Randy Orton bump off Roman Reigns uh, in the 800-day streak. Or Lashley. Uh, or Lashley. Nope, that doesn't do either one of those guys any good. Matt Riddle's not going to be the guy. Uh, it's not going to be Edge or AJ Styles. Um, it's not going to be Pat McAfee. Uh, it's not going to be Seamus. It's, it's not going to be Butch nor Rich Holland. Uh, uh, and that is everyone on your WrestleMania night too. Oh, Johnny Knoxville. Not going to be him or Sami Zayn. <laughs> um, nor Sasha Banks, Naomi, Carmella, Queens. Might Elena be Livermore. Sasha Banks. Let's okay. Just, yeah. Let's push Sasha. I think Natty's got a chance. Uh, oh, I think God, yeah, no, Nat, Nat, no. Natty versus Roman. 30 minutes. Book it. Go. Uh, let's take a pause from WrestleMania night one. Now that we're in between nights, Chris, tell us about our sponsor this week. Hello fresh. I would love to Jeff, but first you need to give me access to the hello fresh <laughs> ad. <laughs> you on don't have it? No, I sent the request and messaged you well, earlier. Well, and now that Chris has a copy, you can do the ad read for hello fresh. Yeah, I got finally was given access. Jeff likes to keep this secret <laughs> oh, yeah. from me. no. Yeah, he, he's like, I, I got all the cool scoops. Well, now nah, I have the scoops and I'm here to share them with you. This week's sponsor is HelloFresh. You get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorsteps. You can skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh delivers pre-portioned ingredients to your door, including farm fresh produce that arrives within a week. So you get convenience without skimping on the quality. So you can skip the trip to the grocery store, saving you the wait in long lines and ensuring that you don't waste money on excess food. Warm yourself up from the inside out for a limited time. Look, it, it might be hot where you are, but it also could theoretically, given the week we are talking about this, be very cold. So this might be applicable to snowing you. Snowing in Chicago. It's, it's snowing in Chicago. I I, this is a national podcast. We care about everyone in all climes. Warm yourself up <laughs> from the inside out with limited time recipes inspired by cozy classics from around the world, like beef tenderloin and cheese fondue, 
or miso sesame shrimp and bacon ramen. HelloFresh offers the flexibility you need to easily customize your order online or in the app, easily change your delivery day, food preferences, and plan size, or skip a week whenever you need to. I personally enjoyed HelloFresh very much when we got our sample products. We made the beef bolognese, and that was good, as was the cheddar wonder cheddar burgers. Those were also quite good. Um, and so we would like it if you guys gave HelloFresh a try. If you're interested in doing so, go to HelloFresh.com slash VOW16 and use the code VOW16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. That is HelloFresh.com slash VOW16 using code VOW16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. HelloFresh. America's number one meal kit. Thank you, Chris. WrestleMania Sunday. Once again, <laughs> night one. I like to I like to call it WrestleMania bad. <laughs> I thought there were two very good things on this show. But okay, Johnny ones. Knoxville and Sami Zayn yes. was very good, and the opener. Uh, Okay, the opener, RK Bro, and, and Street Profits. The I was tag like, team match was very, very good, I thought. Yeah, but um, like everything else on this was quite bad. Plotting and storytelling and just all the things that you fear when you watch a WWE show. Let us, let us, before we get into criticism, let us praise, though, Chris. The most magnificent, unrepentantly stupid match ever on a WrestleMania, I think. This Knoxville Zane match. For what it I, was, it was great. I loved it. And I, I was going to watch, okay, they're going to do a bunch of stupid crap. They're going to hit each other. I loved this match, Chris. Knoxville took some damage early in that eye. Whatever it was, he was bleeding hard way a bit. Sammy Zayn just being game for some of these stupid stunts that they were doing. We man doing a body slam on Sammy Zayn. Just just replace Hogan and Andre with we man slamming Sammy Zayn. The, the comedy was done so well to the point where I was amazed it was a WWE product. And that's no, I mean, maybe it's a slight on WWE, don't get me wrong. But when that no, hand... you could tell that the jackass guys yes. had much more of a hand in orchestrating what this match was than WWE did. The hand that came out of nowhere to hit Sammy. I howled at that for a good 30 seconds. I I was I didn't see that from anywhere. They hit that thing so well. And look, again. Prop comedy is hard because things go wrong. And the mat and the ending of this match with the giant mouse trap, I'm sure it worked in rehearsal, but somewhere when they were taking it, trying to get it out from under that ring and into and, and into the ring and, and, and rehearsal, something broke on that mouse trap and Knoxville cool as a cucumber figures out how to make that thing go snap one, two, three. 
this thing, I mean, we, we thought, okay, there's going to be smoke and mirrors, blah, blah, blah. We thought, well, maybe it'll over deliver dude. This thing far surpassed over delivering. I rewatched this match. That's how much I enjoyed it. I, it, it's so weird because the best stuff that WWE does right now is the celebrity crap. It, it, it's completely useless. You can't build anything on it sort of stuff, but like, Look, Johnny Knoxville, Logan Paul, Pat McAfee, these people Bad Bunny. are Bad Bunny, all quite entertaining. Um, it's un, it's just it's the stuff that you actually remember at WrestleMania, not like Roman Reigns Chapter Eleven. That said, the McAfee part with Austin Theory was good. It was not uh, it was not Adam Cole great, but it was very very good. But you could just see, like, if you're looking at the run times between these two shows, you see such discrepancies. Let me read these off real quickly. So okay. here's night one. Usos, Usos in Nakamura, 6 minute 55. McIntyre and Corbin, 835. Miz and Logan Paul, 1115. Bianca and Becky, 1910. Cody and Seth freaking Rollins, 2140. Charlotte Flair, I mean, that's his name now. Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey. It's like listed as Seth freaking Rollins. I'm sorry. I'm just like reading it off here. Charlotte and Ronda, 1830. Steve Austin and Kevin Owens, 1355. The flow of the show makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, like, like that just feels so nicely formatted. Compare that to night two here. RK Bro versus the Street Profits and Alpha Academy, 1130. Lashley and Omos, six minutes and 35 seconds. A oh, rough 635 it was. Giant Knoxville and Sami Zayn, 15 minutes of glory, 1425. Sasha and, uh, Sasha and Carmella and Rhea Ripley and all of them, 1050. Edge and AJ Styles, longest match of the night at 24 minutes. It's actually the longest match in WrestleMania, uh, Sheamus and Rich Holland with Butch uh, defeating the New Day uh, by pinfall in one minute forty seconds. McAfee defeating Austin Theory in nine forty, and Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar twelve minutes and fifteen seconds. There just wasn't time for any of these matches to be good, even if the pairings had been good. Oh well, you also omitted the three forty-five of. Mr. McMahon and Pat McAfee. I did there. omit through the 345 of McMahon and McAfee. That's true. Oh, uh, yeah. The, the, no, you can just see the differences in the run times Yeah, here. Let, let's get the other good thing. The, the three-way tag was a lot of fun. And, yeah, the Gable Stevenson thing didn't go off without a hitch necessarily, but, man, Gable knocking out the drink. Watch this again because everybody – is in character, especially of all people, Randy Orton. Randy Orton reacts to this with the best reaction. Chris, I'm going to say something. This is my favorite Randy Orton, possibly, is this RK bro where he's just, he feels like he's having fun in the ring versus here's me acting and I'm acting like a bad guy and I'm walking real slow and acting like a bad guy. It seems like this is one of the first times he's really enjoyed being a baby face, too. Yeah, yeah. Like, where, like where it hasn't been he, against character or against type. Oh, yeah, or, or against Will. Yeah, that, too. <laughs> and then, then we get into the rest of this mania, starting with one of the greatest running jokes in Shake Them Ropes. Vince McMahon feels that in the Bible, David and Goliath is booked improperly. So what are we going to do? We're going to take our 43 year old six foot three, 200 
275-pound David. <laughs> no, here's the problem. Goliath. I, I got a twist on this one. The real problem with David versus Goliath is that like it was just not that interesting going into it. It didn't draw very well because no one thought that David could beat Goliath. What you need is Goliath, but then against Goliath is a bigger Goliath. Chris, I, <laughs> I'm actually flabbergasted. Again, this is like Roman Reigns a bit. Why are you giving the win to Bobby Lashley and not Braun Breaker? Because almost we built this guy up as a killer. Not only that, we had him kill the other giants in our company to make him the alpha giant here. It's not like big guys like this grow on trees. And it's not that Omos is great or some sort of legendary talent. It, that- it is not that Omos is great. It is not that Omos is great. But he's at least protected until now. And now what do you do with Omos? Do you, do you turn him baby face and have him do like, like I saw a clip of him rapping at, at Wale, at Wale mania. No, they're, they're clearly not because now they've got him with MVP, but That's like, true. I it, forgot about you know, that. he's now in like a longer feud with MVP. Another piss poor heel turn there. It's like, Bobby, come in here. I want to come And now you're, <laughs> it's like, ah. and, and the story is just, you thought you could beat him without me and you did. So now I'm going to be with him. Speaking of teams breaking up half of this fatal four-way tag team title thing are probably on the outs with Carmella and Queen Selena getting in an argument, which is ridiculous. And then Liv Morgan and Rhea Ripley are looking to be split as Sasha Banks and Naomi win this match. It was okay. I don't but- know. I thought this whole little beat on SmackDown was strange with Liv winning. Cause like and Liv's, SmackDown strange, but it's yeah. Uh, and, and like Liv's character is weird right now. Like I, I think that Rhea and Liv are going to turn heel. I don't think they're splitting. I think they might lose, but I think they're going to turn heel. Like they're going to find cohesion by going, no, we could have beat them. No, I, okay. I, I think I know. I think they're going through with the plans that they have for Rhea and we'll get into that in a second. Um, but I think number one, Everybody loves Liv Morgan in that locker room and they want to put her over and they want her to be a star. Uh, so Sasha Banks had no problem losing here. I thought the Carmel Queen Selena breakup was just was a waste of time. It's two heels that nobody likes. What are we doing in this match itself? Natty and Shayna Baszler served absolutely no purpose whatsoever. They did so little that I forgot they were in the match at one point. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, it, I, especially after the fact, I completely did not remember that they were in the match. I had, like, it wasn't until I reread the card. I was like, oh yeah, they were in that match. That's true. Edge and AJ Styles, a dream match, supposedly. Good Lord. Did this feel slow? This felt slow hey. and plotting and well, you can't have a dream without a nap. <laughs> Edge has decided to take, uh, Seth Rollins gimmick from two gimmicks ago. The it, it, It's a weird cross to me between the house of black and what Seth Rollins was doing as the Monday night Messiah. And it's just, it's to me, it doesn't work, but now we have Damian priest who just shows up and stands there and AJ just, what are you doing? <laughs> Gets beat. Uh, 
rumors abound that Ripley is going into this stable and possibly Tommaso Ciampa as well. So we'll see how that works out. Cool. WWE is going to have their own house of black. Isn't that adorable, Chris? Yeah, the, the, the hottest gimmick in wrestling is now coming to WWE. And what was a baffling, baffling mo- move, the New Day, where they put over the Big E tribute gear. Look, here's the tribute gear that they did to their fallen comrade, Big E. One minute, 40 seconds with entrances. Losing to Sheamus and Ridge with Butch. God bless them all. They got the same payday as everybody else, pretty much, I think. <laughs> or they got the same share if you're splitting it up, but wasted time. Why did we even put this on here? We moved this match. Well, to you got to make Bush look strong. <laughs> Which they did today. McAfee, love the punt. Love the Seven Nation Army buy. Smart move. Made him seem like a big deal. Pat McAfee is great. Yeah. Austin Theory was very good in this match as well, helping him. Vince McMahon stinks. <laughs> there was no need for this. If your point was to get Austin out there, then have McMahon either come in and give the low blow to him or get in the ring at some point, and then the music hits, and it's the same thing. No, but McMahon instead- just needed to win at WrestleMania one <sighs> last time. He just needed to win at one last time, regardless of whether it made any sort of narrative sense or anything. It was just about him having a moment. Against a guy that you can use for four more WrestleManias as an attraction. McAfee? Probably more McAfee, than that. McAfee, I think oh, so. Oh, yeah, more than that. He's Yeah, he's great. Well, I think McAfee's eventually going to have enough of this crap. I mean, well, yeah, sure, but, like, yeah, I mean, he he's a guy you could do long-term business with, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, and you could put him in a celebrity versus celebrity match at some point because he has the ring acumen from training all these years. If you wanted to do that, go that way. But, yeah, it just it was just... Those clotheslines were weak. And then we get Austin coming down there. McMahon takes the worst stunner in history because he he fights it, falls into the ropes, finally gets his bearings, drops. The funniest thing for me was the re-edit oh, of yeah. that yeah, stunner. Like, like, I, I was dying watching. I, I must have rewatched. Don't make me look ed- bad in the post. Yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah. No, they they like did like a they CGI'd in beer spooting out of his mouth. Um, Cause like that obviously wasn't there because like it took like 10 seconds before Vince finally fell into the clutches of the stunner off of the kick. <laughs> um, so like they CGI that in and like they changed the angle. Like there was a different angle from what we saw on broadcast where it was just in the front and like somehow some way they almost made it look like a stunner. Mostly they made it look good because the Austin theory one looked so good. Austin Theory one looked fantastic. And the McAfee fountain one was great. And also just the shot of him on the floor. <laughs> Drinking the beer. beer. Yeah. That and also when, when, when Austin went by him to go on the turnbuckles and poured beer on his face on the way. You could just, you, you could see for a quick second, like he broke character at that point. <laughs> McAfee did just laughed at that. Uh, but yeah, that, yeah. And then we had Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. Most of the time on the match was entrances. And I thought this was underwhelming. 
I mean, I don't know if they went home early. There was a rumor that they did, but it was. Just- I mean, 12 minutes and 15 seconds for a unification match is underwhelming. Yeah, no, I think that's a fair comp. Well, so was the end in terms of a spear and a pin where it's like, okay, he's going to kick out of this because we need something more dramatic. Nope. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, okay. Uh, no, no, <laughs> I, I, I'm here. Like, like, yeah. It sucked. <laughs> uh, this is a 12 minute match for a unification thing. This is, this is why I was never that interested in the Brock storyline. I wasn't necessarily believing that we were going to get a good Brock match. I feel like Brock is the land of diminishing returns in the ring. And the story kind of sucks. Uh, the follow-up tonight. Yeah. Let me know uh, what you sm- thought of that. Uh, the SmackDown follow-up here, I thought was lame. Uh, just now you guys need to go and get the titles and you need to be the belt collectors kind of reeks of a little bit of, uh, doing what the other company is doing too at the same time here. But like, I was intrigued by how they started it because you were the one who says, well, we're going to get that follow-up to that Jey Uso (laughs) angle that got him into the bloodline. And he starts with Jey Uso. When you joined the bloodline, I said, I was like, here we go, Chris. We're getting your long-term story. You and Candy can, can, can snuggle on the couch and <laughs> watch this. And I minute. thought he was going to go for the Intercontinental title, to be honest with you. Yes. No, it would have been interesting to have them be tag champions and then gather other mid-card Intercontinental, like, like yeah. the Intercontinental belt, the U.S. belt. Like, that's almost... That's actually more interesting for a faction like that to do. They're tag champions, but they're also like these other champions too. It's been a long time since that's been done. Um, Unifying the tag belts, I I mean, I'm not against it, but does this effectively mean that they're ending the brand split? Like, I I guess my, my weird takeaway is if like the, I don't, either the Usos are successful, which they might well be, um, and if they are, I feel like that maybe is the beginning of the end of like the two separate brands. I don't. I think Cody takes whatever belt they decide that uh, Roman has that they don't want Roman to have, like wherever they think his star power is going to be best. Okay, so you think he's only going? I I thought they were. I thought there was just now like a unified new belt, though. I I thought so too, but I, I have my doubts. I okay. don't think they're going to end the brand split. Let's put it that way. No, no, I know they can't do that because of the two networks. Like, or they'd have to be delicate about how they do that. I mean, they've, right. they've, they've, they've been sort of, look, they've been sort of towing that line anyways at this point with like, I mean, with having Roman in the bloodline on both shows and that going to be happening for the foreseeable future. We're open season on the follow-up, Chris. What do you want to go with? Raw, SmackDown, NXT, <sighs> any of those three? Just something that that got you and you went, what the F was this? Because that's all these three shows. Yeah, I was going to say, like, like these are, it's just like a parade of like, wow, this is horrible. Do, do, we, do we dare talk about the wonderment that was Ezekiel? Yeah, we, well, I mean, look. Thank <laughs> 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 uh, they had him shave his beard, shave his chest, get rid of everything interesting about him, get rid of the guitar when, when hey, we could have slid him in for Nakamura with Boogs being out. And I'm not Elias. I'm his younger brother. 
Ezekiel, <laughs> a one named goof. <laughs> he, he looked like like a less interesting version of Scotty Riggs when he was in the American males. <laughs> it's if you looked at scotty riggs you're like whoa 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 that guy's a little too wild a little too much personality let's tone him down that's ezekiel i I, number one we said i'm his younger brother i'm like you look older without the beard dude you look like la knight without Uh, (laughs) also the mid-length hair is not doing him any favors I, I think I, I, I want to I have, have a fake beard and just put it on occasionally and play both his brothers. I I just found the whole thing baffling. And, and I mean, is are we really going through with this? Is he really going to be Ezekiel? I think so. Like, and we're just we're actually supposed to accept that this guy is not Elias. He's in fact another guy. Yeah. God. I think we need to get somebody else to be Elias. That would be hilarious. <laughs> well, LA Knight's available. Von Wagner. We're going to have Von Wagner Von grow Wag- a beard. I, I he's actually, the new Elias. All three of these guys could be a family. Yes. So like well, Eli- but, but they have Eli- no last name. Right. Elias is dead. Right. You got like Ezekiel. You have Ernie. Leviticus. No, 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 no. They're all biblical. Oh, I uh, thought we were going to yeah. go with E's. Okay, but I'll go well, with, I'll no, go with biblical. Yeah, yeah, Elias, Ezekiel, uh, Leviticus, Malachi. Uh, we'll put Wesley in there as Job. Yeah, Job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Besiege on all sides. Yeah, like this is going to be a great family. It really could be. And we'll teach the, the WWE universe something about the Bible. Yeah, right. Uh, you know, <laughs> fa- this is a family show, Jeff. Uh, uh, trying to like, uh, I'll, I'll give some returns and some debuts. Of course, Raquel Gonzalez shows up as Raquel Rodriguez with Los Lotharios. Uh, they they hit on her for a while, and she rejects them. And just this this bad. This is a bad segment with uh with uh, Kayla. Uh, Decent, but a little long-winded. Uh, the return of Lacey Edwards on on SmackDown. It was a really interesting presentation. Oh, it was interesting. That, yeah. No, no, it was it was interesting, and but you're right. It overstayed its welcome, and there was this point where you could start feeling the fakiness of it, where she was like kind of like over emoting a little bit. Like, yeah. It, it stopped feeling authentic at a, at a certain point, like around two thirds of the way through. Like, but you oh. remember when when she was originally set to be called up to the roster we're like she has a lot of things as a baby face right that they could do they could do this whole military thing with her because they do all that work with the uso and would be uh, i mean even the pinup stuff is not like they, they were very hung up on this as like a heel gimmick and i don't yeah. necessarily see it as that yeah so that'll be interesting we had uh of course <laughs> luther <laughs> Or not Luther. That makes you pop. Ludwig. Ludwig, Ludwig Kaiser. Yeah, Ludwig Kaiser. The Kaiser. Oh, see, they're going for the Ottomans. They're going right. for the Right. No, this it's is a World okay. War One cosplay. We're right. wrong no, it's about this Nazi war, yeah, stuff. No, right. No, it's it's World War One. And like this is 
If you ever played Punch Out, Von Kaiser's the second guy you face, and this is the son of Von Kaiser, Ludwig. <laughs> son of Von Kaiser. Do we have Piston Hurricanes kid coming in eventually? Yeah. Ball Bulls. <laughs> Ball Bull. Yeah, we'll, we'll be seeing all of these people. Uh, <laughs> Raw had, uh, who did Raw have as a debut other than Ezekiel? I think that was it. This this is a very bad Raw after WrestleMania. Yeah. Like you you could completely forget that this was a Raw after WrestleMania style show. Like because it just did not have that energy at all. They basically they they thought that that Braun Breaker Dolph Ziggler title change was going to be enough to get them through, and like it really wasn't. And the worst part was just kind of the the end of the show here. I think Raw really because it was in Dallas. I think they were booking with spite. I think they knew it was going to be that that typical raucous raw after mania crowd that was going to try and hijack everything. So they just decided to piss off the people there in some ways. I don't know, but you know, it wasn't as raucous as a crowd because like like even even just based off my circle of friends, many of whom are European, nobody traveled for this show this year. This was a strictly domestic crowd for the most part. Oh, those numbers were real interesting too. It did, it did sort of feel like WWE's already begun kind of massaging those numbers. Uh, I wish I had those up, but uh, did they announced something like seventy seven thousand each night. Yes, and there was, and there was only there's only sixty six thousand. So they were doing again the counting of concession workers and and ushers people in the city of arlington generally <laughs> you know a guy that talked about wrestlemania when passing a street sign at some point uh some guy who thought about going to wrestlemania all of them are part of the official tally the texas state troopers texas you know. state troopers <laughs> who escorted the, the the buses yeah sure it, it, workers at dfw airport uh, <laughs> it, 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 <laughs> family members people named joe just like all people named Joe. Uh, so yeah, no, like, uh, I, I thought that was interesting. I don't, I, man, I, it, WWE, it is so hard to enjoy this show on a week to week basis. Like, like all what they're good for are these little quick sugar high matches, giant Oxville and Sami Zayn fun. Um, but they can kind of put that together lickety split and it will happen and it'll be fine it will have no weight it won't mean anything but it'll be good um and then it'll be over and then we have you know another 48 weeks the other thing they do decently i mean and and this goes into nxt a little too you have your characters like and you have they may not be good characters but everybody knows their role as opposed to they're trying to find themselves in front of the camera type of thing like if, if 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 there's a weakness, glaring weakness at AEW, it's sometimes we run the camera and guys don't know what the hell they're gonna do, and you're just kind of like, okay, what's like what's the development on? Uh, oh, that's the other thing I was gonna say about AEW. Adam Adam Page decided, or uh, Adam, Adam Page. Cole, baby. No, 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 Cowboy. Uh, oh, Adam Page. Adam Page had a hell of a week. That that coming in pie facing Cole. And giving a fiery promo, that's the best he's looked as champion. I thought. What did you think? I, I, I liked it. I, I mean, I, I just liked like I liked the champion going, no, you don't have any leverage here. You yeah. don't get the set of contours of this. I'm the champion. He's I a I confident, get... tough champion. And that's what we've been waiting for with him. 
Right. It's it's just funny that this might be happening in the confines of a heel turn. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. Like, <laughs> or but losing like, the title. Or losing the title. <laughs> um. But yeah, like like this is the closest. Yeah, in my opinion, to him like being championshipy. Uh, that that I saw. I, I I had that same reaction. Uh, Julia Hart. God, I, <laughs> God, I hate this. This stuff is so bad with her. Uh, like the eye thing. She's getting the grayscale from from Game of Thrones, where it's just growing on her face. Eventually. Yeah. 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 No, it's it's really bad. It's really bad. Uh, and it makes the varsity club guys look like idiots. I, I liked uh, I liked Wardlow this week. I, I'm liking this angry guy who just barrels through security, tries to get to the ring, and fails every week. I mean, it's fine for what it is for right now. Yeah, that's a great way of putting it. Fine for what it is right now. Um, MJF costing the pinnacle matches is okay for right now. For right now. For right now. I, I thought they might put the Bucks in the pinnacle. I did for a second because I thought MJF was going to come out for that FTR match, and he didn't. That kind of shocked me a bit after the end of last week. That would have been real interesting. Like, MJF turns on, the, turns on uh, FTR. I well, mean, I mean, you, it's you, already you, started, sir. Yeah, you get, you, get, you get a sense of that coming, right? Yeah, but like that would have been a real interesting place to pull that lever because it would have been sooner than I would have expected, which would have been cool. I would have liked to have been pleasantly surprised like that. And I kind of want to end with this, and it's a little bit of a longer discussion. The Hardy brothers. Are we trying to kill Jeff Hardy at this point? Where he's jumping off of tall things every week to please the audience. Where he was at WrestleCon this past weekend, and he was uh, um, in a state, allegedly. Are we just not saying no and giving in to his worst instincts? This match was terrible with, with Butcher and Blade. It wasn't good. And it's also just something I, I don't necessarily want Jeff Hardy to kill himself in the ring. I don't. And does somebody need to intervene here and go stop? Um, it would be good. I I think that if you're going to use Jeff Hardy, you really at this point should be using him as a singles guy. Uh, I, I think like you, you watch a guy like Christian and you can see how a dude like Jeff Hardy could be working a similar style match and having all these sorts of great matches. If he was just slowing down and saving some of these bumps, just, you know, doing like, half as many of them like that wasn't even the most ridiculous part of the match the most ridiculous part of the match was eliminating jeff first and then having matt take on <laughs> when everybody's there to see the jeff hardy part of it now they got around it with the no dq aspect which was also ridiculous once a guy is eliminated you send him to the back you don't want them to stick around and break more guys through tables yeah, no, I mean, there's just a lot of silliness in this match. Um, look, Jeff's always been his own worst enemy. Yeah. Uh, he could, for as successful of a career as he has had, he, it's so easy to imagine him having a more successful career at every stage of his career. Um, sometimes the breaks were bad breaks and he was done a little bit dirty but a lot of times he was his own worst enemy, uh, more often than not. 
and you know i i it 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 is a little scary to watch a dude you know for as many bumps as this guy has taken like it's kind of crazy to think like i was like a teenager getting my license and watching this guy take the same (laughs) style bumps as i am now like an adult in my mid-30s trying to get a house (laughs) yeah uh anything else uh from the wrestling world this week or are we good uh you know i I think we're good here i think we're good here well again if you want to hear more of uh me being a little bit more in the weeds you can listen to either the fightful post shows or this week's dynamite show over at fight game network my name is jeff hawkins you can follow me at crap game 13 you can just follow the show at shake them ropes updates you when episodes release chris is at DWATG. I almost use your old Twitter handle there. That stands for don't worry about the government. He also does podcasts about, oddly enough, politics. He's going to tell you about them now. Yeah. Uh, Patreon.com slash DWATG. A new episode of Don't Worry About the Government did drop this week. So if you want to go and listen to it and or watch it, go to Patreon.com slash DWATG. Free to listen. Uh, you subscribe for a buck a show and you can see the video version of it, which usually comes out a few days before the edited audio version does as well. So go and check out the show. Please patronize uh, my Patreon um, and you can follow the show at DWATG or subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher or Spotify. Once again, thank you to HelloFresh. Once again, HelloFresh.com slash VOW16. Use our code there. Get fresh meals delivered to your door. We are part of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Flagship music of the mat. Beyond or open the voice gate. All sorts of podcasts for any sort of fringe wrestling fandom that you might have. We have them. We'll see you next week.